Hello and welcome to our post-NRF interviews. So let me introduce Paul Windsor, who is head of retail um, and industry at Snowflake. So Paul, welcome to the podcast. For those who don't know, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then a little bit about the company that you work for, Snowflake, and, and what they do? Yeah, thank you, Alex, and, and thanks for having me today. Uh, yes, so a bit of background about myself. Um, my career in retail can be spit, split perfectly down the middle. Um, I spent the first 19 years of my career at Sainsbury's, where I think in those 19 years, I got a, a, an incredible understanding of uh, the retail business. Um, and it was a great 19 years in the company. But my last job I had at Sainsbury's, my last role was all about the data component and how data is shared and collaborated on with large CPG companies. Right. That me into my next 19 years of my career, which has always, it's been in the data and analytics space. So I spent 19 years pretty much um, working for companies that are helping retailers solve their, their data challenges whether that was with data warehousing in the kind of first generation of when data warehousing became something that retailers invested in. I've spent uh, a number of years in the whole BI space um, and then recently in the AI space around automated machine learning. And two years ago, I got the opportunity to, to join Snowflake, which is uh, the leading data platform uh, that was born in the cloud. Um, and Snowflake's mission today is, is to mobilize the world's data. So this opportunity to give access to retailers all the data they need with the data consumers that need to consume that data in a way that makes it easy and, and approachable in the way that they, they tackle their, their data um, challenges. So, so yeah, so been been with Snowflake for just over two years. I lead our industry go to market for, for Snowflake in EMEA. Uh, we have a number of retail customers today that are, are publicly, you know, publicly I can talk about that's using Snowflake. Um, one of them happens to be, if I can point to it correctly, Alex, uh, Under Armour, which uh, obviously I've got my Under Armour and Snowflake talk on today. That's about how they use Snowflake from their supply chain perspective. And then my old my old company that I work for, Sainsbury's, is also uh, a customer of Snowflake, as well as John Lewis and River Island. If we kind of localize this down to kind of the UK market, sure. so that's about me and a little bit about about Snowflake. But uh, I'd love to get onto the conversation of of NRS as well. Yeah, so I I just want to um, this is in the spirit of you know what my audience is thinking because. Every talk at NRF that had anything with AI in, in the title, irrespective of what technology vendor um, or partner it was from, um, you can imagine all of, all, all of the, the, the major players had AI in their title. Um, everyone, you know, everyone was super interested. So I just want to be you know, cut to the chase. And in, in my mind, and I'd love your opinion on this, how much of AI that we talk about is true AI as opposed to machine learning plus, right? So for those who are data specialists, they'll be like, well, that's just, you know, that's a, that's machine learning. We've been doing that for years. That has nothing to do with AI or generative AI. Um, and, and I'm just thinking from a, from a strategy perspective, before we sort of 
sort of go deeper down and down. If we just keep it at that high level, what are your thoughts in actual AI outcomes? And if you want, why don't you define what AI means to you yeah. um, and, and, and Snowflake? And then we can sort of distinguish because that was the biggest frustrating thing for me that people were just like talking about machine learning as if it was AI and hoping that no one would ask that question. Like, well, hang on a minute, that's just machine learning. That's like something that you could put in an Excel spreadsheet and extract data outcomes from. So go, go ahead, tell me. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great point to kick off with, right? So I, it, without a doubt, those three days in NRS, the number one hype and the topic and the theme was, was Gen AI and large language models, without a doubt. But I agree with you. Not many of those people that were in those speaking sessions went much deeper than just, you know, sort of reflecting on the fact that this is something that they'll be looking to try and experiment. Yes. Yeah. Um, from Snowflake's perspective, and perhaps it sometimes does get missed off here, is that you can't have an AI strategy without a data strategy. Absolutely. Now, now sometimes this gets lost. Now, this is something that we're trying to kind of can, think can of I just interrupt you there. Yeah. Do you is that because is the is the reason because there's a separation between the two because the people talking about the subject are not from a date like yourself from a data background. Is what, what's the reason for the disconnect between the two? Well, I think I think I think we we've now come into a new era of how AI can be used because generative ai is something that can now be used large language models is something that can be used and deployed but if you think about it it can't be used without the data so if you're if you don't have a data strategy and by a data strategy we mean for you to be able to truly get the best value out of building a gen ai model or a large language model you are going to need to have access to the data that you need to build that model. Now, now this has been a challenge for a number of companies for years. This is how Snowflake has grown so fast as a business is that lots of data sits in multiple silos. Mm. Can't just connect a large language model when data sits in, in multiple silos. You need to have that data unified. You need to have that data in one place. You need to have it governed. And also, Alex, what's really important here is you need to have the, the kind of framework behind it so that when you start to build these large language models, it's contained inside your own platform for security purposes. But the first thing that any company needs to do when we start to, to hear from our customers that are keen to hear about Gen AI and large language models, we always ask the question, you know, how, where are you in terms of your data strategy? Do you have the data today ready to start to take advantage of those large language models and Gen AI. And I don't believe I heard that in NRF. I heard exciting. I heard market market signals, increase the efficiency of the supply chain. But I didn't hear anything about the fact that, first and foremost, you need to have a really good unified data strategy. So I'm, I'm not going crazy thinking that, right? No, not at all. So that that is like there was because I was thinking, but just maybe there's an uh, an NLM that you've not thought about, Ali, that's actually magically presenting the data into these um, platforms. No, because all the platform providers, that's their you know, come come with us on the journey, and we'll take care of it. But I'm thinking, if your data is not ready, and as we know, most of the industry, yeah, is not ready um, because everything sits in silos. 
Um, so let, let's just talk about the, the, if you like, the silos and breaking that down as well. So does, does my finance data need to sit? Like, how, how do I manage that? My finance data, market, marketing data, my ERP data. Yeah. Where do, where do I start with, with my silos within my business or my systems, to be fair? Yeah, well, this is one of the this is one of the key strategies that Snowflake is helping to solve for our retail customers. Of course, you have the source systems where the data actually is generated and curated, but that's not where you would take advantage of building large language models, Gen AI, machine learning models, analyzing that data to understand business performance, looking at past historical sales, etc. We all know. So that's just where the data is is sourced and generated from. You need to bring that into a platform, which is where the data can be consumed. So where Snowflake's been helping retailers for a number of years is to bring exactly those functional data sets that you just mentioned here. You need to have your finance data alongside your marketing data, alongside your supply chain data. If you're thinking about running a campaign that is a promotional campaign to your consumers, you need to understand their behavior. So that's all of the customer data residing in the same platform as your inventory data, because if you're going to be promoting stock, you need to understand if you actually have the stock available to actually promote those brands. And you need to have your finance data available to understand the costs of running these promotions. So bringing all of that data together is an absolute necessity. And this is what we've been helping our retail customers in the first instance. Now, Gen AI and large language models is just taking that onto another level. But as again, this is just another capability to start driving those outcomes and those predictions. But the underlying part, which unfortunately is not the interesting, exciting part for many people, Alex, is you need to have that governed, unified data platform where you can consume that data from. And then I'll go one step further as well, which is Something that many retailers are not necessarily truly taking advantage of to, to a wide degree is to, in order to kind of build real, real good predictions on future behavior or detections of market signals, you need to access third-party data as well. So think about all those third-party data sets, Alex, that some of the biggest data providers in the world are monetizing today. Now, everybody draws their attention straight away to weather data because it's been something that's been talked about in the retail industry for 20 years. But we're also talking about demographic data, economic data, ESG data. Um, uh, we've got all of these types of data sets that could also be enriched alongside your own data to then run those kind of gen AI and those predictions as well. So you need access to that third-party data. Now, another little tiny plug for Snowflake here, Alex, is, is Snowflake has the largest marketplace on its platform with third-party data sets. It has over 2,200 third-party data sets sitting on the Snowflake platform. So if you are a Snowflake customer and you're unifying yeah. all of your own first-party and all your own data unified together to start to really understand your business, but you feel that there might be a competitive advantage to access third-party data, that data is available to you as well as part of the platform for you to enrich it, bring that together. And now, now you're really scaling the way that you can do predictions on things like AI. So if we take 
sort of the data economy in action and drawing yeah. from your experience from uh, whichever you know whether it's Sainsbury's Under Armour or one of the the retailers that you you you, you mentioned and understanding that they must have had some data strategies that you know they they already set and and now leveraging uh your platform can you share any sort of I, I don't know if any of them were in uh, customer data or the loyalty program area. Yeah. But but I'm what I'm curious is what the use case is and then what the intelligence is that's being drawn out to make actionable business outcome. So can can you have you got any examples for us? Yeah, I do. Um so I I think if you look at at Snowflake's um opportunity to drive success for our retail customers today the typical conversations that we're having so we've had those data conversations you need to unify your data you need to bring it together you need to be able to give it seamless access to that data to all your data consumers that's the first part of a roadmap of a data strategy journey bring that bring that data together we are now having conversations with our retail customers today which is around, no surprise, Alex, this is, this is no kind of surprises for you. And also what is now a hot theme as well. Customer 360 does not go away and it continues and it will never be, it will never be sold. Customer 360 will never be sold. We know that, but it's about now this opportunity to bring all your data together from a customer perspective. I don't know if you picked up on this at NRF, but one of the sessions I think I went to, and I think it was, um, Sephora um, and Abercrombie and Fitch, I think, were speaking at that yeah. section. And they were talking about, well, moving now from personalization to individualization. So this idea now, the personalization is, you know, we want to personalize as much as we can our relationship with the consumers. Yeah. Now we're getting down to that level of granularity with the data. The data's all unified together. You've got the capabilities with modeling in AI and this potential around large language models. Can we get to the point where we can start to individualize those relationships with our customers as well? And you can see that happening just here at, with Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's are now offering 10 products every seven days to their Nectar Card members that is absolutely personalized and individualized to those shopping behavior. You'll be able to bring that data together. If you're a Nectar card holder today, every Monday you'll get those 10 new offers that are absolutely individualized and personalized to you. To be able to do that, that's really understanding previous customer shopping behavior and doing that really, really well. And you can see from their results, and they talk very positively about how Nectar pricing is is driving revenue from that perspective so customer 360 is a big big factor yeah I, i've got i've got another two i'd love to just touch on i'll be okay cool. the second one is no surprise again is that supply chain so you know under armor um talk publicly about the fact that they use snowflake for the importance around sharing data alex to make the supply chain more efficient we know that there are so many situations in a supply chain where that that flow of goods can break down the idea that you can support that with data sharing is really really important where snowflake does this exceptionally well is we can help to share data between two companies without moving or copying the data so this is a really good example where 
in supply chain, you need to share data of sales, of inventory, of um, demand. And what you don't want to do is turn that into a, a supply chain of data having to move. Where Snowflake does this exceptionally well is around that sharing of data between two companies. So that supply chain is another key strategy for a lot of our retail customers. And then the final one that I want to sort of touch on is, I, I don't know if you heard it as well, but retail media. I mean, retail media is where the net... I was just about to ask, that was going to be my final question for you. Because well, retail say. media is absolutely, how, how do I combat the, the battering I'm getting from inflation by generating new revenue? from other means so yeah absolutely far away on that well well look you know I, I again i captured a ton of notes here from last week this was us numbers alex but for those listening in today um you've got uh retail media generating 60 billion dollars of revenue in 2023 that's expected to increase to 100 billion dollars in 2028 so four years away from that increase into 100 billion dollars they're talking again very, very positively at NRF about the next era of uh, we're in the golden generation of retail media. And this is because now we've got this opportunity physically in store to start generating those advertising and those promotions through those digital screens that you can use and place around the store. And then you've got that absolute fantastic instant response to whether or not that advert that advertising and that product has resulted in the product being purchased and then the closing that loop to how much was that return on investment for that advertising so we're seeing a lot of our retail customers now wanting to get really really solid on their first party customer data because they can use that to really decide which is the best times to promote which items through their stores and then the, the other part of retail media, Alex, which is again where Snowflake really comes in, is we're now seeing this growth of off-site media advertising. And again, the numbers, the numbers were staggering. So again, at NRS last week, they talked about currently off-site media revenue is about $6.7 billion in 2023. That's taking what you can advertise of goods into advertising and media channels, which is away from your on-site channels, that growth is, is set to go from 6.7 to 24 billion in the next three years. And that's because you can take that data now and you can start to monetize it through off-site channels. But is that, uh, Paul, Paul, just to interrupt you on that, but I see that as, so I, I get the outcome that, you know, if, if you're delivering adverts in store, then delivering those adverts off-site somewhere else. Yeah. But again, because I've sort of grown up in this industry, you know, the MarTech stack that you need to, to, to develop something like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it as easy as, uh, uh, so, so the, I guess the possibility and the numbers are there to say, look, yes. if you can do it, it is, but I don't know, like, if I took the UK grocer market, bar two of them, yeah, I don't think the others could do that, right? I don't know. I, you, you've got experience in the UK market and obviously one of the grocers you, you're working with. Yeah. But I don't see how they could, because obviously then you're, 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 you're just looking at the integration with sort of expanding that problem of data sets out across other, other assets that might be owned by other people. 
Well, it's um, interesting. It, it, the integration part's the really important words you just reflected on here. So, so of course, the grocers are leading the charge in terms of the way that they can do this. They can take that marketing budget and they can invest that in offsite channels. But this is where the risk is at right now is obviously protecting personal identifiable information. It's EII customer data, your data and my data. And what you all want to do is once you've brought that together inside a data platform like Snowflake and you've actually governed it and you've got it secure and now you're protecting that data and you're using it for your own insights and your understanding of your customers in your business. But now you're thinking about a media strategy where data needs to actually be shared outside of your platform and with advertisers and media agencies, etc. Now we're into the real era of data clean rooms. Now, this is where, where the conversation may get a little bit more too technical, but for those listening in today, you know, data clean rooms is a fantastic way of being able to share data, but not expose the data. It's a beautiful way of sharing data and insights without moving the data. And so we're starting to see capability baked into platforms like Snowflake to allow you to be able to share data without moving or copying or exposing it. And I think that's where we're going to see the platform capability enabling that growth of that retail media so that advertising can happen off-site, but the data stays governed and secure. So that's where we're, that's where we're talking to most of our, our customers uh, today. Brilliant. Paul, this was going to be a, a, a quick fireside chat, which I think has given um, the audience a lot of food for thought. Um, any... So where do you where do you think we'll be at next year's NRF? Because well, it, it's like almost. Do you have any views of where this is all going? Will it be AI dot two dot o or something? Do you where, know what? I, I I thought you might ask this question. So so when I when I went twelve I went twelve months ago. I think you were saying at the start before we started this podcast. You've been for the last thirteen years. Last year, I took away three key themes. The first one was how do we how do we help serve the the consumers that are dealing with a cost of living crisis and inflationary pressures. So it was a, it was very much about dealing with with those kind of consumers. The second one was how do we move from from promising to proving that we are delivering an ESG sustainability strategy. And the third one was how do we optimize our assortment and our prices again connected to the cost of living crisis that was very much in focus 12 months ago. That felt quite a challenging time and very much immediate. If you look today, yeah. the three key themes was Gen AI, it was uh, retail retail media, yeah. um, and the third one was, uh, where did I get the third one? Please don't let me go here. Oh, the third one was Connected Consumer, Alex. Yep. It was the three that were absolutely focused this time. That felt more optimistic. If you ask me in 12 months' time, I think we may be at the point where the the NRF is going to be asking retailers to prove out how they've adopted Gen AI, large language models, how they've been able to get to the point of individualizing those relationships with customers. I think we're going to start to see more proof rather than just concept. No, that's wonderful. Paul, thank you so much for giving up your time uh, in the day. Um, and I look forward to seeing what you guys carry on doing to support retailers go through this uh, journey of transformation. Well, listen, um, 
Really appreciate you inviting me on here, Alex. It's been a pleasure and, uh, and great. Thanks so much. Thank you.